detention veterans, and everyone who's ready to change their lives. Welcome to the Christina Silva Show, educating our veterans live. Join your host, Marine Corps-trained motivator, Christina Silva, as she connects with experts, innovators, and military heroes. Now, let's get started. Here is Christina Silva. This is a live broadcast of the Christina Silva Show, and today we have a special guest educating our veterans live who cares about military families with their own experience. So stay tuned for her testimonial on the Christina Silva Show. Welcome our special guest, Karina Corum. Welcome to the Christina Silva Show, Karina. Thank you. Glad to be here. Great. Today we want to promise our audience another series of creative resiliency solutions and our show is based on inviting trailblazers from the industry that can truly care about military families because they're related to the military. And my experience over the years as your host is truly an opportunity and a platform for others to come and share what they do to give back through their own testimonies. So thanks for joining us with the willingness to share that you are a military brat I, I am uh, very excited. Definitely, definitely. And when you grew up, you also have lots of stories that are going to point out to our listenership that you have empathy for them through the experiences you're going to share. So on this episode of the Christina Silva Show, we might as well call it Marine Corps Gunnery Sergeant Meets Entrepreneur. How about that? <laughs> that sounds perfect. Amazing. Tell me a little bit about your childhood. Well, my parents um, grew up in Grayley, Michigan. He was, my dad was kind of the James Dean, older, oldest of eight children. My mom was the good little Catholic girl. And he joined the Marines, and which then I became a military brat. We rotated around different places like many families do. I was born in Beaufort, South Carolina. I remember uh, doing kindergarten age in um, Cherry Point, North Carolina. And we would, every time that my dad went over to Vietnam, we would end up going back home so that my mom had, you know, uh, family surroundings and connections while he was gone. And we eventually ended up, he was out at El Toro in California. Um, when he transitioned out of the military, we ended up in, you know, Concord. And then he started private business down in the San Diego area. So kind of went to high school in San Diego. I feel like I, I grew up as a Southern California girl. Uh, moved to Temecula, raised our family, our four kids. And then when they all, all grew up and we shooed them off to take care of themselves, my husband and I end up in Las Vegas. Amazing, amazing. Las Vegas is the capital of the world with regard to entertainment and so much at our fingertips. And it is a town rich with military families, those in uniform, those that have served, and those that also have paid the ultimate sacrifice do serve in Las Vegas. How does it feel to remember back from your childhood growing up with your brother and your other family mates? Tell me some highlights that you'll never forget. Well, I do remember the uh, on-base and off-base housing, just bits and pieces from from our childhood. Green, but I just remember standing in line, and that's when fluoride first came out, and we all had to have our, our teeth cleaned or our teeth fluoride. And so it was it was quite a process, but that was a big deal, so... We did that. I remember being in Huntington Beach when my dad was stationed at El Toro, and it was near the the Goodyear blimp hangar, and it flew over a neighborhood, and all those kids jumped up trying to grab those strings, and, you know, just the dad coming in and and out of the house. I don't know if you grew up like this, but, you know, we had to go out and play. 
there was no electronics. It's like, get outside and play. And we did all day long, kick the can, all that great stuff. But when the porch light went on, we needed to have our butts home for dinner. And we, we knew under no, uh, no uncertain circumstances to be sitting in the, in the seat for dinner. And um, just a lot of um, respect for, uh, you know, the military, the, the flag. You know, my people say, what's your favorite color? And my favorite color is red, white, and blue because you <laughs> oftentimes find me wearing it. It just makes me feel good and just inspires me. And um, and then through all through life, you just you meet different. You, you think the Marines is the only only thing there is when you're younger, but as you grow up, you know I've got lots of other family and extended family that have been in in all the other services, um, and it's such a a supportive community too. You learn that as well. You know when when families are away from their their own blood families, um, they they're they're on base and, and close by off base families take care of them. And I, I really agree to appreciate that when I was younger. Um, living in Southern California and being very near uh, Camp Pendleton. Thank you, Karina. That is so profound. You mentioned so many things that make me think about the memories of my service as a U.S. Marine. So I just want to say thank you to your dad for serving. And thank you also to your mom for being a mom that sheltered you even on base and off base when you grew up with your brother from the potential effects of your dad's deployments. Tell me about your dad coming and going from those different service times. Well, <laughs> my mom, she was just she was just an angel, you know, by the grace of God, she was awesome. And I as a kid, I didn't really know it cuz we were first young and then kind of, you know, in the selfish years, teenage years, doing our own thing. But now that I have a chance to look back on it, you know, my, my dad has some serious challenges with, um, uh, well, diagnosed PTSD in the 60s. But just the the behavior and going from zero to 99, you know, okay to rage. And, and we always felt that was kind of, I just felt, you know, that's just the way the house is. But my mom, now that I look back on it, kept us busy, kept us spoiled. And it, it was a way to shelter us. Because she now, unfortunately, she's gone, and I can't ask her a lot about it, but I sure do appreciate the fact that she absorbed a lot silently and on her own because she was away from family of stuff that was going on with my dad. And, um, you know, we he was super tall, like 6'3", and, and skinny, and in uniform. And I remember going to um, the airport in Michigan because we were there with family, and he was coming back from a deployment. And we were all excited. We drove a couple hours to the airport and, you know, Grandpa's station wagon. That's when you sit in the very last seat and you're turned backwards looking out, you know, the freeway. And, <laughs> and we get to the airport and they're all excited. And, and they, get, they got us all reared up to see Dad. And he walks off the plane, walks towards us. My brother and I was 15 months younger. I was probably, you know, four or five years old. I take a couple running steps. And then he looks down at me, which seemed like 40 stories high, <laughs> and smiled. And I turned around and ran back behind my mother and grabbed her skirts because, you know, I didn't, I didn't know who he was. You know, I, I, they talked about it. We had pictures and dad's coming home. But, you know, the, the actual experience of reuniting with him again, it, you know, it, it, it's, a, it's a whole different world. I've had a lot of friends and, and there were military families that... You know, he, he takes care of everything, or she, in that case, when they're home. But when they're not home, the spouse takes care of it all. And so there's a major shift. So just, you know, interesting things that go on when you grow up in, 
in the military or connected wow. as a dependent. Wow. It's so great that we're in person during the interview today with social distancing and safety with our masks, but I can just see your entire face lighting up with a smile as you remember and honor your dad for his service, and I do too. And so thank you so much for your dad's service and for your mom as a key spouse and you as a military brat dependent. You're truly military brave today sharing your story and you've already mentioned two layers of potential secondary PTSD that does exist and we call that kudos kids understanding deployment operations kudos is something that the Air Force gives in way of an event every year and around about September time going back to school to help the kids understand their parents being gone and so when you say that you looked up at your dad and you were so excited but then you got scared because of his military Marine Corps bearing and his height and everything with that stature of regiment, I can totally understand what you felt because of my training. But what about those in the world that have never been a military dependent? Doesn't that pull your heartstrings to want to do something? Yes, absolutely. Thank you, Karina. Well, what about you and your brother? Let's talk about you guys fighting when you were young and growing up and kind of having your beds made at all times would be something I remember I made my kids do as a Marine. What about your dad? Well, we, um, he was very much, you know, gonna handle anything that came up. And, and that was kind of his, he, he always seemed a little on edge and met, you know, I'll take care of this and I'll take care of that. Uh, so we were, we were cautious of, of his mood, I guess I should say on in, at any given time. Or my, you know, my mother would say, wait till your dad gets home, right? <laughs> you know, wait till your dad gets home. And boy, we would straighten up because... All he had to do was look down. Not that he was, you know, he never reached out and grabbed us or touched us, but you just have that air of authority with with a look. Um, <laughs> and just different little stories. Like, I don't know if anybody remembers Jemco, but, you know, they like to shop at Jemco, and my brother oh, and I like to go to the cafeteria. and get Nothing. I do remember yeah. Jemco and their mighty wings. <laughs> yeah, and a little pudding in the back. <laughs> but we would get out of the car, seven years old, I would I wore tights. Sure. And of course, as soon as I get out of the car, I'm grabbing, you know, at my crotch and trying to pull him up. And, and he used to drive my dick because he'd go, Julie, you know, handle her, you know, because I'm, you know, got my hands what looked like in all kinds of bizarre places. But, you know, things that would, that would, we got used to it as normal that would rattle him. Like, um, we were not, most, most people, especially in Southern California, we kind of train our kids to take our shoes off as soon as they come in the house. You know, other cultures are like that as well. Right. But I, it took me a while to, grasped that and I learned it for, through a friend of mine because in our house we had to have our shoes on. We, we, we were not allowed to walk around without shoes on because we, your, your heels thump on the ground just a little bit and that noise drove my dad nuts. And so he got some shoes on, you know. Um, so that it, it, was, it was kind of a bizarre awakening and awareness that mm. people could, walk, you know, really should walk around without their shoes on. But Little things that would set them off. You know, you grab a glass and you set it down on the table, and no big deal. Well, if it if it made a clunk, he, it would just it, it, trigger. I, mean, I keep thinking of the word trigger, but, you know, different things that would... Um, really, we grew up thinking all that was normal. My, and oh it, really, it really isn't. Well, fans, you're listening to the Christina Silva Show, and we hope that you're enlightened by patriotism and the ultimate sacrifice. Service is training. And so it's not that we regret our military service and the triggers that come with it post-service. We serve you with benefits and a pathway toward resilience. So thank you for listening with our special guest, Karina Coram, as she's sharing memories from her dad as a gunnery sergeant in our United States Marine Corps to give you 
the inside portal on what to do when you realize you may have a condition you want to look into. Karina, you have so many taglines. You're so creative. I'm sitting here with my famous, beloved American flag hat that I received in New Orleans during the Super Bowl when the Ravens played the 49ers. I wear this hat throughout the year, not only on Veterans Day. Tell me what November 10th, 1775 Marine Corps birthday and Veterans Day mean to you. Well, it's, it's kind of close to my heart because I was actually born on November 11th. So um, there was always a focus on the military when I was younger, but it was a bigger deal for me because, you know, I, I, I got wow. a lot of focus on myself as well. But I do remember um, wanting to get my dad's attention. This is kind of a, a funny story. But there was my mom. He, we had an organ at some point in time, and I was young, again, six, seven, eight years old. And I learned how to play the basic, you know, Marine Corps um, yeah, hymn. Of course. And my dad would come home, and I would run over to that organ and sit down, and I would play the the basic chorus <laughs> over and over again. And I, you would, I mean, my dad's at work all day long. I probably he never said a word to me, but I remember one time my mom walked over, and she's so gentle, you know, and she put her hands over my shoulders and just laid her hands on top of my hands, and wow. she said. That was great, honey. That's enough. <laughs> Come in the kitchen. <laughs> and I just thought that probably drove him him crazy. But um, it's just it's it's always great to pause. And we get so wrapped up in in the speed, you know. As as years go on, things you know. Yes. Twenty four. I remember. I remember being Vegas used to be the only place that was twenty four seven. You know, I don't know, maybe the East Coast, New Jersey, or something. But but the whole world is now. And you have to make yourself stop to just take a breath and... and Be thankful. Yeah, be thankful and, and recognize things, whether it be, you know, Veterans Day, Memorial Day, you know, President's Day, yes. different things. And so it doesn't hurt to slow down for half a second and um, Truly reflect, reflect. Reflect. Yeah. Well, it is so important to say that I am just delighted to have you on the show today, Karina, because when we met, I wasn't wearing my hat that day. I only had on a Marine Corps pin, and we met... And you had on this infamous 4th of July shirt and the most cute chucks made of the American flag. Tell me about you and some of your most prideful uniforms, I should say. Because people think we're utterly ridiculous on January 14th, <laughs> sitting here in American flag wear, that where we met Skinny Fats, the guy asked us at the register today, he says, did you guys mean to do that? And we were like, yeah, we did. We just put it on on purpose to do the Christina Silva show. What about you? So share with me some of the reactions you get because you're patriotic year-round, not only on military holidays. I, you know, my my place of employment that I was at recently, um, you know, I probably have six, seven, or eight. I, I'm just attracted to stars and stripes and <laughs> red, white, and blue. So I, it's easy for me to just pick up clothing. Sure. You know, some people like pink or yellow, but I have... So I remember them saying, you've, wrote, you've worn patriotic stuff for like 14 days in a row. And I said, absolutely. I switched this stuff up. I got it all dialed in. And it just makes me feel good and stand proud. And, um, and it does draw, I, you know, hey, U.S. is great. It draws attention. It does. Mm -hmm. I am so thrilled because when we met, I just say chocolate and vanilla. We are sisters from another mother. What about you? <laughs> That's right. So the day we met, I was looking to put together events and tours, which I have for the last 20 years for military veterans and their families. And I love the adventure of dirt biking, motorcycle racing, fast car driving, shooting, golfing, you name it. And you do too. So share with me what you have as a vision 
to work together as far as events because when I met you I was coming to actually put a tour together but the pandemic has really separated us and we can't do that for our families here anymore being a Southern California girl born from the South myself you and I are hitting two states with wanting to give back California and Nevada here we come yeah how can we do something about that Karina well it's it's interesting when you um when you know when you like magnets when people come together or or communities come together and all the realizations that you you think of that that drew you oh wow that's an interesting coincidence but you know maybe it's just the energies uh at work um I I you know Christina rides a motorcycle she wanted to put together, you know, whether a poker run or a biker event. And back in California, I have an event production background, and I've done, you know, the poker run biker events. Um, I've done, you know, music festivals, a lot of winery stuff in Temecula. And you want to manage a rap artist someday? Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. You know, I I just, you know, when people say, do you want to do this? I go, I want to, I just want to be where... Everybody likes being, you know, where everybody's enjoying what they're doing. I want to be around that energy and around those people. Um, and it's a lot of fun. I know I really love to soak it up and learn one of the Harley Davidson biker events that happened for the hog chapter in Temecula for years and years. I, I, I assume it's still going on, but I was so fascinated. I stood there and watched because my friend said, you got to come down and see this. They raise all this money through the years and then they get bicycle. They, they, they sponsor Five or six or eight every year it goes up now it could be a you know a families out of Camp Pendleton um, you know people that have have been injured in the line of duty or maybe they're deployed and they take that family and they get them all the Christmas presents and yeah. and a few other ones and so on this big Harley lot you know they, they each kid got a bicycle yeah I just sit there and watch those kids faces when Santa rolls up on a, on a Harley and they each you know get these they just their mouths are they could just couldn't believe it but yeah. it's it it's such an incredible feeling to be able to give and it makes the work to get there uh it's not even work really you just really enjoy working towards the point that your efforts can be given to others well you're still listening to the christina silva show brought to you with purpose passion and profit to give back through our charity cammy's two civvies and our special guest karina quorum is on the harley herself she's riding with purpose today and she's going to share with us in the next segment a deeper layer of what her experiences are personally And she's not afraid to do that, to not only reach with empathy the military families as a whole, including kids, she's going to share another layer, corporate-wise and also with self-help and for women, a special segment coming with Karina K. Quorum and Christina Silva right after these messages. And we're back. Karina, what a great first segment we got into honoring your dad, U.S. Military Gunnery Sergeant of the United States Marine Corps. We talked about your mom and your kids. And now we're going to get into really appreciating layers of PTSD that you may have. And so as we had our interview segment before, something struck me when you said, you just jumped to when your dad was in the airport. You loved to see that smile of his, but there was something that came across with just his voice or a look. Tell me when you took a look at yourself as an adult with reflection, tell me about your home life with your pets and then share with me about maybe one or two stories as an adult when you knew that you needed to stop everything even though the world just does not stop anymore. Thank you, Karina. Well, I think um, 
you know, the world's super active, as we said, and we're all trying hard to keep up and go, you know, keep up with the Joneses or keep up the pace. And when you're driven and, you know, that's a, a, a gift of, of my family and my dad as well. You know, you, you start something, you finish it, you know, the, you know, that kind of stuff. And so I'm always, you know, pushing and driving and people would ask me, you know, oh, you do event coordination? And I said, no, I do event execution, you know, because mm-hmm. nobody wants usually want to go out and from picking up trash to, to making th- sure everything goes off okay. But when you do that, you know, raising four kids and um, we, we had a, we grew up as an out of sight. I look back on it now, out of sight, out of mind kind of concept. Mm-hmm. So if you're super busy and, and then you're not pausing for a second and reflecting on the big picture. So my mom, again, sheltering us um, and keeping us away from probably a lot more that was going on with our dad than we thought, mm-hmm. um, just kept us, if we stayed busy, then we didn't have to pay attention to the big picture. And that kind of really came to a head for me a little later on, not recently in the last few years, which drove my passion. But um, the the when you're constantly going, and of course, even just raising kids or trying to do jobs and two workers in the house, whatever, uh, something gives. And usually if you have, it's just yourself. And so I spent a lot of years getting a lot done for a lot of other people, a hmm. lot of other companies. Um, and over time, and especially as you get older, it catches up to you. And Most I was definitely. pretty pretty worn out working for a very demanding, um, I was an executive assistant for a very demanding person in the tourism business in, in, in Vegas. And I finally, you know, 10, 11 hour days, um, I finally, my husband was going to Mexico on a vacation for a month, which is really nice, that long. And I said, you know what, I'm going with you because I'm worn out. So we went and, you Good know, job. it took me a, it, you know, it took me a month to decompress. You get in these modes, you get in this muscle memory of just move, go, what's next, da 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 and you never breathe. So, you know, one, I had to just stop the muscle memory of looking at my, my emails and my phone and all this kind of stuff and just make myself sit on the beach and watch the sunset and, and breathe and do a little bit of writing, a little bit of blogging and get some stuff out of my system. But by the time, you know, the whole month went on, uh, it was really, I, uh, well, I say force myself, but I allowed myself, that's key, mm. I allowed myself to reflect internally and say, you know what, it's, it's my time. It's time for me to take care of me because if I'm not okay, you know, the people that I want to serve are not going to be okay. Oh, that is so profound. Thank you for giving us a pathway to righteousness, a pathway to permission to take care of oneself because as the listeners know, we need answers. And so you've given us your empathy that you are a military dependent. You've given us empathy that you are transparent and you also given us empathy that you need help. So let's talk about in those last few years where you had come to a head with all of the areas of raising kids and grandkids and traveling back and forth between California and Nevada and working for a demanding series of bosses and working in the event and entertainment industry, executing events. And no one appreciated that over the years. And then you have good friends around you. What did you rely upon and how did you get self-help? Um... Well, at, at first you, you, you have good, you know, BFFs as they say, or, or good people and you get a place in a comfortable where you can, can talk and open up and, um, it, you know, it, it's, 
again, I keep saying the word muscle memory. When you go back to pushing and doing things regular, constantly, it, it, you've got to break that habit. You know, it's just like when you're driving home and you, you know, you drive home and you look, think back and go, did I, were those last six lights green? Wow. Because you don't remember because yes. it's muscle memory. Yes, ma'am. And so, you, and, and you keep going. But I think um, just, it, it's all, you have, you, I, I get, every, you know, from my dad, you know, I'm the boss. I could just take care of it all and, he, you know, just like he could. But you have to give yourself permission. I give everybody else permission, but give myself permission to be okay. So, um, and it's okay to not be okay. Right. That's and say it with me because it's really hard for everyone listening to know. Yeah. It's okay to, to not, not be, be okay. okay. Well, yeah. Karina, this is awesome. It brings me to finding the root of PTSD. I know for my dad as an army soldier, we found out after he died at the wheel as a truck driver that military members are so driven, as you pointed out, that they don't ask for help because of pride, that they're trained to be a machine. They're trained to fight. We're warriors. And even women Marines and women soldiers and women sailors, airmen, coasties, and, you know, our army soldiers, they are trained to never stop. So even with breathing, like you said, to take a breath and watch the sunset, sometimes that's impossible when you're serving. What would you say, looking back, at your dad and reflecting that you're like him in your adulthood would help you see what's wrong with you or what, what, what's wrong with you, Karina? What comes to mind when I say that to you? Well, I, I went, when I talked about, you know, you talk with friends or whatever, and I remember talking to a friend and I, I just paused and I said, you know what? <laughs> it, Cause I was reflecting on little idiosyncrasies and behaviors that I have or that I do and I go, I think my dad's PTSD gave me PTSD. It was just kind of this, I, I swear his PTSD just gave me PTSD over time, right? And so there's little things that I, um, you know, again, having shoes on in the house. And I tend to have the same reaction with my kids. Um, I don't like loud, I don't like loud, you know, I, I loved my music and dancing and stuff when I was younger, but... I don't like a lot of loud noise. Yes. Um, I know on New Year's Eve, you know, a year, uh, like two years ago, we were at the house with our adult children and the grandkids, and they're having a great time, and midnight comes, everybody does their stuff, and then they just kept going. My kid, you know, they had friends in, you know, in the garage and outside, and they're doing a few fireworks and hmm. the music, and it's getting to be, you know, 1220, 1225. I'm thinking, okay, that's it. I mean, I, wow. I just had this this anxiety reaction of like, the neighbors are going to be upset yeah. or duh. And I have, I finally had to go sit in the car and, and my, my kid, my grandkids will be playing and I'll go, what's that? You know, who's screaming? And my daughter will go, mom, they're just playing. They're just wow. playing. Relax. And it, and it's taken me, you know, to, to pause and take a look and go, wow, some of these behaviors that I've developed was the result of being raised by in a household with someone who has PTSD. Mm. They're not, they're not, they're not, you know, I don't trigger and go into rage or anything, but it's just, it was just interesting to be able to reflect back and go, that stuff affected me and molded me, wow. you know, just as, just as the positive of him, you know, the follow through, you know, yes. right is right and wrong is wrong. I grew up with that. Well, yes is yes and no is no. Well, but, well. Yeah, but my goodness, I have to agree. I remember my dad when we were little kids. I was only five. You know, Vietnam was in the '60s, right? 
So I'm from the 60s myself, and I remember my dad, he would go to zero to rage, just like you had described. But here I am, out of the Marine Corps 25, 30 years later, I have those same anxieties sitting next to a dependent of a Marine. So thank you again, and not to mention 4th of July as we sit here with our stars and stripes on, literally having a safe interview with our masks on world the world is changing and separating us and we're trying to be human which our normal behavior is social it's interactive right right and what about pets on fourth of july my goodness well i know um you know and in, in, again it, hindsight is is a real deal right? baby. <laughs> yeah. hindsight puts it all together for you uh and i'm blessed to be able to have the time to be here and actually have a moment and think back but I, you know, back when my dad was, my dad alienated everybody around him. Uh, and they, in each group of people that he knew, knew something different about him. So if you put those groups together, which it just, he just manufactured in a way that they never met, each group will go, well, you're not talking about, that's not the Chuck that I know, you know, that kind of thing. And back then, if, you know, they went to rage or did something that was, oh, that's, oh, he's got shell shock. That was, that was what they call it. Yeah, mm-hmm. shell shock. Or that's just Chuck. Mm-hmm. You know, but as time went on, he, um, that became a problem. I mean, he got out of the Marines. He had, he, he held a, held a job, but after a while he was unemployed. And I don't think it was easy for him to go get it because just, he was so intense. Everybody just like, okay, okay. You know, they kept him at, at arm's distance. Mm-hmm. And then, um. He went up to Oregon, and they had a great vets system up there, and they gave him a really, whatever he connected to up there, um, he got the whole evaluations and all that stuff, and I remember him calling me, saying, oh yeah, I've been diagnosed with PTSD. Wow. And I was like, it it didn't, you would think, oh yeah, I knew that. Well, I didn't, I didn't know that, but at that moment, it put it all in perspective. Yeah. Right. And so he, he ended up. Working with whatever they needed and getting hearing aids and doing all that stuff. And he's definitely, you know, in, from the Agent Orange, unfortunately, era. Mm. And he was just so much, he was so much calmer. And he was this big teddy bear. And I just remember at the end of his life, he was just this this nice guy that he would send all my kids birthday cards. And he just wanted to connect and be social. And everybody still had him at arm's length. You right. know? And I think back and I go, gosh. He just didn't have friends. He didn't have, you know, he had, he had one really good friend. But in the, in the process of doing that, a neighbor across the street said, you need, you need a dog. You need, so they got, had a rescue dog, Tyson. It was a corgi mix. And so my dad took on this dog, which I thought was just strange because us as kids, we always wanted dogs and they didn't, you know, awesome. want to have to deal with it as, when they're growing up. Sure. But so he, he had Tyson and um, he would bring him down. We'd see him once in a while. And then my dad passed, and, of course, that's the hardest part. You know, some people, it's hard for them to even pass because they don't know what's going to happen to their pets. But we scooped him up, and our family had Tyson, you know, for the last five and a half years. And I realized that Tyson has PTSD. You know, we we think that... (laughs) Wow. We think that somebody may have abused him when they locked him in a laundry room or something because he reacted to, you know, like the washing machine, didn't like the... You know, the, the vacuum cleaner and things. Sweet little thing. And on 4th of July, the last couple of 4th of Julys, I've spent on the floor in my closet trying, you know, hold this shaking dog that was buried oh, underneath the clothes. My goodness. You know, um, and just loud noises are, are a lot for animals to handle a bit. Just, you know, when they're just shaking and they just don't know what's going on. So um, just in- interesting behavior. So I think 
it wasn't official, but this dog ended up being a companion for him that probably helped with his PTSD, even though it wasn't trained for that. But yet my dad probably helped this dog with his PTSD. So, um, you know, animals can, can have um, effects of moments they've been through or, you know, tragic events they've seen or heard just like, like anything else. So um, I found that there, you know, there's a whole world of uh, yes. stuff about animals with PTSD as well. Oh my goodness. Most definitely. I met Tyson. He is a precious soul. And I mean soul. Dogs and spirit are so calming. And coming to visit you, I would hear him clicking across the hardwood floors and what a baby. And he loved 12 second hot dogs, right? Yeah, right. Exactly. Oh my goodness. <laughs> well, thank you for sharing such an endearing story. Now that we know more about you, you have had a lot of professionalism and careers, but there is something else you have survived, Karina. And I admire you so much since we met that if I dial a certain three digit number on my phone, I may have heard you. The, um, I, my husband's a retired sheriff and I, he went out of the sheriff's department and I went in as a 911 dispatcher. So my, uh, my type A personality and my directness that probably came from my dad and um, I, I did that for a couple of years. I did like it. It's very stressful, but I did, did need to come back home and, and raise my kids. But, um, I have such great respect for first responders. Um, you know, when you're a dispatcher and, you know, everything goes to crap, you know, if things are crazy, you are the lifeline on that, on that, when you're on the radio or the phone or you're talking to people and, um, it, there's a lot of phone calls. I mean, I could write a book on it, but you know, it, it's, you can't even imagine what these first responders, you know, they, they deal with. And a lot of people would say, Oh, you know, in my town, you know, Oh, this, this happened or that happened. And I said, yeah. And you don't, you know, and they took care of it. The police took care of it or, or the city or the, you know, the fire department or whatever, because you, you know, it's one thing to be nosy and want to kind of know what's going on. It's another thing to be out there and cleaning up after accidents or, you know, I, I've, I've answered a phone call when, it, when it, you know, when a young teenager said he killed his mom. And oh, he actually no. did. Beat her to death with a baseball bat. And he just would never fathom that to happen. But, um, they're, you know, uh, first responders are human, too. They're just regular people that have to go home to their families and function as well. Yes. So it was, it was, uh, it's, it, it, it takes a lot, you know. To do, to do that job, so I'm thankful to everybody that, that walks out of their house to do it every day. Well, you are a survivor with a smile. You are just lighting up with the stars and stripes, and with honor, we remember your awesome mom, your siblings, and Tyson. We also want to thank Mr. Corm for his service and his retirement in the United States League of First Responders and our law enforcement. To the sheriff's departments around the world, thank you for not stopping me on my Harley. And thank you to Mr. Coram for riding away on his wonderful new motorcycle in his retirement. How do you feel about that? Oh, well, it was <laughs> uh, it was interesting that that my husband recently took interest in, in riding a motorcycle, but um, I, you know, I just it's something he wanted to do and as long as you know as long as he's safe I'm, I'm all to support you know the people around me that that are that have a vision um you know want to be explore and do things and, and uh so we've we kind of enjoyed that i never envisioned him wanting to do something like that but he is and, and we're doing it 
Well, America, you're still listening to the Christina Silva Show, and we know on two wheels he'll be royal in the field. Hint, hint. And now we're going to move into our closing segment with our special guest, Karina Coram, and she's going to share with us knowing telling her story is the beginning of her healing. And healing comes with knowledge. And on the sands of Mexico, with your ink pen, what happened to you after you decompressed? Well, I did have a chance to blog. Um, if I talk, you know, you talk about that kind of thing. But my my mother, uh, I always loved butterflies. She had all kinds of butterfly stuff. So I knew when she passed, you know, in two thousand nine, she, you know, they were back then. They smoked when they were young, and that caught up to her. Um, she wasn't a smoker in the end, but it, the lung cancer got her, and um, they stole that angel away from us. But she, she loved butterflies, so I know when I see, anywhere I see a butterfly, I, I just know it's her. I'm like, hi, Mom. But I just happened to be in, um, in Mexico by this pool, you know, just enjoying this and, again, reflecting. It's such a strange thing to spend time on yourself, and I was actually doing it, and then you, it, you actually dial into it, and it's very um, fulfilling. But I glanced up, and at the top of these, from this pool, there's a bunch of palm trees, and this full of butterflies and dragonflies everywhere. While I was down there, you know, doing this, just trying to heal myself, this cleansing of myself, I was surrounded by butterflies. Mm. And that just meant so much to me. So in the process of doing this blog, uh, which has kind of come into play with some of my my visions and projects, um, I've started a blog called Wisdom of Butterflies. And it's just um, thoughts and... Uh, stuff that I'm I'm going to place out there um, under under that name in in memory of my mother. Oh, breathtaking! I have been so privileged to know and watch you evolve over 12 short months that you have the courage to launch a part of yourself and share it with the world. Now, to share and release it, there's a certain inertia that comes with those types of bravery and courage, and that is part of your Marine Corps upbringing as well. But we also want to protect our hearts when we let the world know about our ideas. And so tell me what you've gone through as an entrepreneur to protect your interest. When you have that name, before you release it, you learned from someone special in your life named Christina R. Silva about copyrights and trademarks. Tell us more. <laughs> um, it's not just skinny fats we share in common. It's the day we met. And why we want to work together and be entrepreneurs. I told you, we're not doing anything before we protect your heart of works. Because it's time to launch. Right. And the, the guidance of, you know, it's all about laying a foundation in anything. And and you have your vision and you can do things. But when you really want to solidify it so that you can share it with more people, you got to start out right. Um, I remember talking to my grandson recently who loves football. And, and he's going to do football. Little 10-year-old, loves it. And I said, "That's great, but you know what? What are you gonna? What are you gonna do when you're done with football? Do me a favor, buddy. Go go look at Jerry Rice or some of these different people. Yes, I want you to exactly. come back to me and tell me what are they doing now? Yes, you know, ma'am. Do they have business background? I said, so as you, because he's he's a little athlete, and he'll learn more about nutrition as time goes on. But I want him to think, you know, beyond that. So I said, you're you know you're gonna you're gonna do the physical, you're gonna do you know the the, the mental, you're gonna do the nutrition." I said, but what about, you know, the, the education or the, you know, learning as you go so that, that you can build on something and you lay a foundation. And we talked about Jenga. 
because that would make sense to him. Uh-huh. I said, so if I do Jenga right now and I pull that little bottom piece out, what happens? And his eyes got big and he goes, well, it'll fall over. I go, exactly. Yeah. So you need to put your Jenga foundation places right. Well, as I'm getting all excited about having reflected and, and come to the realization of, of the pat, what I really want to do with all of this, um, here comes Christina in my life just out of nowhere. It just, we were like, just ran into each other. It was like if we were both, you know, going in opposite direction, we just ran into each other. And instead of just bouncing off each other, our arms ended up going around. And cause it was just a moment. It just needed to happen. But she was, she has just been there to push She's me. She's been there, fans, sitting right next to me. <laughs> to push me to put my money where my mouth is and my energy and make sure that as I you know, move forward with this, this vision, this project and passion that I put everything in, in order and in place so that it has a good foundation to be able to help everybody that I want to help. By George fans. She's got it. She's been a great student in the world of business to protect her ideas. She started with her blog and sends it over to me. And I'm like, no, don't press the button. Go to the U.S. Patent Office and Get your works certified, copied, and trademarked. And so I just want to say congratulations, Karina, that living through the story and through all of the traumas and woes that you've had and all the triumphs you have coaching your grandkids and watching them play soccer and football from the sidelines, you are ready to launch. And as we thank our Air Force where I've worked, tell us about your experience at the air show before we tell America about your brand new news. (laughs) We, um, being out in Vegas... Uh, it was a couple of years ago now. I, it seems like it seems like COVID has taken two or three years out of everybody's life, you know. But we went up. My husband and I said, "Let's." I had just finished a huge event in Temecula um, with with you know reality stars, and all. I was you know managing a couple different locations, and it, I was exhausted. But I we were out here, and he said, "Let's go to the air show." So we go up to the Air Force Base, and it's a little different now because things are progressing quickly. We but, love you, Air Force. Yeah. But up there is it, it has the same exit as the speedway that all the NASCAR, you know, drivers are on, and there's one lane and a stop sign at the end. So it's a little crazy. It's 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 developing now. It probably has lights by now and gas stations and things. But so we get off there. You have to park at the speedway and go. And then you take the buses. Actually, you get off the park and you park. You walk up, and they were putting us through security at the time. They had a, a temporary security where you go through metal detector and everything. Then you get on the military buses and they take you out to the Air Force Base and enjoy the air show. So we get up there and the parking's all, there's nobody directing traffic. There's no, um, people are parking wherever they want to. So we, we, and it's just giving me a total anxiety attack because (laughs) I produce events. And then, you know, trying to find a bathroom. Um, They had, it was so popular the, the Air Force Base, I think they had more people coming than they expected. But So I get out and I look over and this, this parking is kind of going sideways. And, you know, they're not, utili- when you're events, you got to utilize the space. Right. You can't have. That's money. <laughs> right. You can't have some dude taking up four parking spaces. Right. And then once he did, everybody. So we got out, we're walking, and my husband, I'm, I'm my back straight and I'm stiff. And I go, <laughs> he goes, what's wrong? And he goes, he goes, I'm, a, I'm having an event production anxiety attack right now. Who put this thing together? I mean, I couldn't even get out of my own way about how I wanted to fix that before we ever got on the bus to get to the air show. So, um, 
<laughs> no pun intended, Air Force. It's just funny when you're a professional in the industry where you are the subject matter expert, you see every little thing you want to do better. So it's so funny to know that the military, when we work together in these working parties, they put their events together in order to protect the public from knowing the inside details Karina and I know about event production. So we just love it that we're going to be different than civilians, but we love them in their camis to civvies because it is just amazing to see the large air show production we hope will come to pass in person in 2022. And in the interim, while events in person are on hold, we will work to have our own events because we have two companies that care, CRS Productions and Karina's New Information. So without further ado, Karina K. Corm is going to speak her new vision into fruition to help military families worldwide come into one nucleus to find help if they have PTSD or also to share the word if they don't with others. Take it away, Karina. Well, thank you. Um, I'm going to share a little bit of a backstory that leads up to this uh, passion of mine. Um, and I'm going to get a little somber and humble. My brother, who's 15 months younger than mine, I am, uh, really was troubled. He could have been troubled in lots of ways, and he was. But my, my dad's uh, behavior and reactions and things just really was troublesome for my brother. So it added to whatever was going on with him. And, and um, unfortunately, he decided to take his own life. It's completely unexpectedly, um, devastating like it would be, you know, for anything that's close to me. You know, I've, I've dealt with that on, as a 911 dispatcher. People call up and said, I'm, I'm doing this, and then they just do it. And you go, oh, my gosh. You know, so it's mm. very shocking. But, you know, you, can't, you, you know, you're mad at the person at, in one moment, and the next moment, it's, what could I have done? You know, all those things that the people that are left behind have to deal with. And mm. um, then, uh, through that heartache, and it, it just kind of triggered a lot of my dad's Agent Orange complications, so to speak. Mm. Um, he got very sick very quickly with, with a broken heart as well, and, and then he was gone 30 days later. So those two events that happened about five years ago uh, just shook my world. I mean, sometimes, you know, things obviously would never be the same, but that really made me look, have the hindsight and go back and go, what? We were normal. It was just a regular family. We grew up, you know, him and I, my, we fought and we did this and that. But then I, you know, I, I looked back on it and we were not normal. You know, I mean, normal doesn't necessarily good, but I mean, there was a lot going on. And again, that out of sight, out of mind mm. uh, protection mm -hmm. that my mom did kept us from information. You know, my, my father had uh, another parallel relationship with a woman for 25 years. Mm -hmm. Well, from when, when I was 16. And then you know, once my brother kind of found out about that, that really, really triggered him as well. But and it, and it didn't it didn't. It's not that it didn't bother him. It was just two completely different things and nobody talked about it. But now I can look back at it and see that that was a coping mechanism right. as part of this, his PTSD. So oh, it's, it's really, it really started to come together. So he's got PTSD. All this stuff happens. I said, all right, I got, I got to find out what this stuff is. So I dive in like everybody does on the computer and I'm looking up stuff. And man, there's a ton of information there's great agencies and organizations and, you know, therapies and articles and stuff going on. But it's 
it's very when you're looking for the information it's very piecemeal it's very clinical you know I got the same definition um, there's a lot to do with PTSD that has nothing to do with the military right from gang violence sexual abuse traffic accidents you know all kinds of things mm. um, and there and and it, it has evolved in the last you know 10 or 15 years but I just got done with that and I just felt heavy-hearted and go I don't feel like I'm any better off, you know, trying to dig up this information. So I was uh, gifted with energy or a vision or something, and I've, I've, I got a domain name, you know, several years ago. Knew I, I just, every time my life slows down, that comes loud in my face to get it done. Mm. Um, this past year, and then with C- Christina poking me in the back, <laughs> we... <laughs> We, uh, Do it. yeah, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm getting it. Yeah, it, I'm launching it. I'm launching a website, and it's the website is called dealwithptsd.com. Be coming out pretty fairly soon. And my passion is just to be have this safe place, uh, where I can be the you know, the Google of all information to PTSD. I am not the expert, I am you know, I do not want to recreate the wheel. All the great people are out there. I just want it to be a place where you can find resources, information, and share your story where people can feel safe if they want to and share like what they went through because other people can go, yeah, I feel like that or I can connect to this. Whether it be, you know, dogs for a veteran or there's horse therapy, there's biofeedback. Um, you might you might figure out that you don't even have PTSD. Maybe you just have anxiety. Maybe you're just a pain in the butt personality. I mean, who, who knows? Oh. But if that yeah. if you if I have this place um, where people can in their in privacy or with a group you know, shout as loud as they want or be as quiet as they want learn more about that to help an, to help another person to open up something to themselves you know we we talk about suicide people go oh, you know call the suicide hotline well of course you want them to but when you're in that deep dark moment try, struggling with yourself. Um, for whatever reason, you know, military or not, you're in that moment. You don't say to yourself, I'm going to commit suicide. You, you, it doesn't, it's not conscious for you. Mm. So you may not pick up the line, but if you, but you need to be heard. You, sometimes you have to have somebody to talk to or anything that will work to trigger that person to lift their head up, open their eyes, reach out, ask a question or give anybody any chance to keep them from doing that. Yes. Is is where is the passion behind why why I want to develop this website. Karina Corum is in the building with a pure vision, a light and smile on her face after sharing some of the most traumatic things she has overcome. But it's all for purpose that she has gone through it. And there is no mistake that we have met. And so having said that, she has manifested her ideas from the white sands of Mexico to California in Temecula to the entertainment capital of the world and now the World Wide Web where she'll be able to internationally impact you with her place as a trusted agent, not a victim, but a survivor with dealwithptsd.com. No man is an island and I was able to refer Karina not only to the Veterans Crisis Hotline to add to her website, one 800 273 that's one 800 273-8255 I led her to one of the greatest graphic artists on the planet that has to measure up, see the vision and purely create 
graphic design, and websites. Tell us more about Cheryl at Beverly Hills Webs. Well, I, I've had this domain name and this, this vision, and it keeps coming together as it evolves over several years now. And the, the thing that really, one thing that it held me up from launching it, and I really wanted to do it myself and have control of a website and the information. I want to be very careful, you know, in this day and age um, of what goes out there and how you protect private information, things like that. And, I, and I, you know, I'm pretty good at a lot of things, and, and I'm pretty creative. And I even took a class on website design, but the, the Lord knows that I just cannot do a <laughs> design myself. And in the process of meeting Christina and some of the things that we realized we were kind of on the same page with, um, she had just, you know, really uh, had her whole websites pulled together. And so she referred me to Cheryl. Um, we connected via Christina. Uh, she sent me her por- portfolio. I outlined what, what I could do, how much, the pace and time, because I have a lot of distractions in my life the last couple of years. And she was incredible. Um, we we put together this website. Uh, when I'm when I'm ready to go, she's there. When I got a slow, I mean, there's been times when it's been two three months. I haven't been able to talk to her. She's good with that. She she she's able to dig into my brain and you know see my vision and then actually put it up there the way that I want. And then if it evolves and needs adjusted or if it wasn't quite what I wanted, she's without a doubt. She keeps working at it to tweak it to what's in my brain that, that I want to happen. So I've been really blessed to be able to work with Cheryl. She's wonderful. And if you are willing to launch your brand and have the confidence to reach out to the Christina Silva Show for help, all you have to do is email C-R-S-P-R-O-D-S, C-R-S Productions, C-R-S-P-R-O-D-S. DS at gmail.com. And if you'd like to take a look at the beautiful portfolio available so Cheryl can help your dreams manifest on the World Wide Web, check out www.beverlyhillswebs.com. That's beverlyhillswebs.com. And be like Karina, deal with your PTSD today. www.dealwithptsd.com. And if you're lucky, you'll get invited to our launch party because we have a big event planned for Karina's launch in person with our masks. Right, Karina? Yes, we do. This show has been brought to you by CRS Productions for the benefit of Cammy's Two Civvies, the charity that cares on and off base. Well, we want to thank once again our first responders, law enforcement, military, clergy, and our medical teams around the world for working to keep us safe and free. If you see a veteran, don't forget to say thank you. And for this show, we want to say to Karina Coram, our special guest, outstanding job, Marine brat. I mean, the next Christina Silva show is going to be on Voice America's Variety Channel Wednesday at 5 p.m. Pacific time. Be safe. Thank you for tuning in this week to the Christina Silva show. Be sure to check back for new episodes every Wednesdays at 5 p.m. Pacific time, 8 p.m. Eastern on the Voice America Variety Channel. We'll see you soon and Semper Fi.